Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for joining me today. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Veracity Networks, and my good friend, Drew Peterson. Thank you for believing in me and making uh, this get out to many more people and wouldn't be, able, wouldn't be possible without you. And I want to thank all the listeners, too. Thank you for tuning in week after week. Uh, I pinch myself every week on how many people are listening, and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's because of the amazing guests that I have on week after week. And today is no different. Today, we are joined by Jenica Parcell. Thank you for joining us, Jenica. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, a little background on Jenica. Um, she's, she's a mom to two beautiful twins and married to her awesome husband, Tyler. Uh, they, um, they have a, an amazing story, which we're going to get into here in a minute. Um, but she started a popular blog back in 2014 called A Slice of Style, where she kind of goes through and shares with uh, her journey on what she went through and very vulnerable, by the way, which I really love. Uh, she thinks family is her greatest gift, which we'll talk about. Um, she believes that we all deserve the best in life. Um, she struggled with infertility for years. And again, we're going to talk more about that, that journey and how um, she came across these two miracle twins that are just absolutely beautiful. Uh, she has, um, I, I don't know if you call it a company or a foundation, but a, the Slice of Sun, which is a, it's a space for women with infertility to come to feel supported and loved. And you really are just a, a person with passion and love who are, you're just trying to make a difference in this world. And as you say over and over again, sharing your light and uh, towards, you know, people who are struggling, especially. So thank you, Jenica, for coming to share your life with us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me here. You bet. So why don't we start? Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood? So I grew up all over the place. Um, I went to, I can't even remember how many elementary schools, but we moved a lot when I was young. And um, so maybe like four different elementary schools in Utah. And then when I was in fifth grade, um, at the end of that year, we moved to Texas and I grew up in Texas in a couple different middle schools and then one high school and graduated there and then came back to Utah to go to BYU. Okay. So how was that moving around? Describe that. I know, you know, I've talked with a lot of kids growing up who did a lot of moving and at times that can be a very difficult thing. Tell us how you handled that and what that was like. That's such a good question. And I've actually thought about it a lot recently and just who I am as an adult because of it. And I can go anywhere and find a friend. And I attribute that to being the first, like the new girl at the school so many times over and over again that I had to be an extrovert and introduce myself to people because I think yeah. just as humans in general, we get comfortable with our friend groups. And, you know, when you're kids, sometimes you may not look outward for people who need friendship. So I had to be assertive and kind of introduce myself to a lot of different people. And it's actually served me really, really well because I honestly feel comfortable 95% of the time going anywhere by myself, because I know that there are other people who may be feeling uncomfortable socially and they just want a friend right. just like anybody else. And so I can be that person for them. And so I feel like because of, I had to move so much, it helped me to understand human nature really well. And yeah. just the fact that we're all the same and we're all looking for love and we can always be that for each other. And I really value that about my childhood. 
Yeah. Wow. I love that. And you know, like what I hear you, what I hear you saying is that you actually, it, it helped you develop confidence in you. I mean, to be mm-hmm. an extrovert, you have to be very comfortable in your own skin. Not, not saying it was easy for you, but what I also like what you said is you also understand what it feels like to feel alone and yes. not, you know, like you said, we all want, we all want love. We all want connection. And so, but you did something about it. It sounds like a lot of kids don't do that. So that's actually pretty impressive. Where, where do you think that confidence came from? <laughs> that's a good question. So there were many times where I felt lonely and I, I think that that was a developed skill in being a friend to people and even something that came out more of as an adult where I feel confident um, because there were many times where I would eat alone by myself in the bathroom or <laughs> in the right. library and wow. middle school is a rough scene and, <laughs> you know, but honestly, I wouldn't change it because I, I feel like it helped me since I was in that position. I don't want other people to be in that position. So it helped me to look outward and even as an adult, try to find people who may be feeling alone. Um, and you know, it was, it was ended up being a good thing for me. Well, that's awesome. I love that uh, perspective. What, what were some of the things that you did struggle with besides that? I mean, were there things as a kid that you, you you mentioned, I mean, junior high, middle school is like a minefield, right? For all of us. Right. Yes. (laughs) So what what were some of maybe the other things that maybe at times you wrestled with and struggled with? That is a good question. So one thing, and I've actually been thinking about it lately Mm -hmm. and I almost thought that it was so normal that I didn't know it was a big thing, but I developed um, very early on. So I was like this size, I'm 33 now, I was this size in eighth grade. And I remember like going to gymnastics class one time and this teacher said, oh my gosh, you're so heavy. She was trying to help me with gymnastics and it just gave me... I didn't realize it at the time because you're right. so impressionable. I don't understand a whole lot back then, sure. but I always was a little bit self-conscious of being bigger of everybody than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much that affected me. And so I've really had to develop a sense of self-worth. It's not based on how I look and how I, what my body is like. And I've really been able because of that to turn to God and my heavenly father and to Mm. get myself confidence, the fact that I'm a daughter of God and it has nothing to do with anything external, but that I'm wholly like valuable and wholly, um, honestly, just how he would want me to be as I am right now. And so I just love experiences like this because it really, it really teaches you where to turn for peace. And I don't think that like, I think that if life was perfect and you didn't have trials like that, you wouldn't need God and you wouldn't need anybody else besides yourself. So it's, yeah. those experiences have helped me to turn outward and gain strength and like a better relationship with Heavenly Father. Yeah, beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. You know, so I think, you know, we're all younger, we're all a little awkward, right? You know, I, I was a very yeah. skinny kid, like, you know, and as a, as a, as a boy, I always wanted these big muscles, but I was so skinny and kind of <laughs> like you, I, it wasn't even an issue. I didn't even think anything of it until I overheard uh, some people laughing about how skinny I was. And it, for some reason, when I heard they were laughing, it crushed me. And this was in seventh grade. And so I can relate with what you're saying. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. And then you have this moment where, oh man, you're so big or you're so heavy or whatever it was and how that yeah. really starts to play on our belief systems about ourselves right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love now that I can recognize that because I'm, I'm, I'm sure my kids will have their own trials with different things that I personally right. didn't experience, but I love that I can talk with them about that now. And my twins are four and a half and all the time I'll say things like, you know, your body is just the right size. And oh my gosh, mm -hmm. look at how heavenly father made your feet. Let's talk about all the good things that your feet can do for you. And <laughs> look at your arms yeah. and what can your hands do? You know? So it's been, it's helped me to become a better mother. And again, like I said, I'm sure there, there will be things that I can't address that I personally didn't experience as a child, but because I did, I can then help them with that specific thing. Absolutely. It goes with the old saying, life happens for us, right? Like mm -hmm. we learned through that and now you can give back. I love that. You mentioned that in those tough times and some of that you would turn to God. Is that the way you were raised or is that something you picked up along the way? Did you have friends that influenced that or was it your parents? What was that about? So I was born in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and it was just natural and normal to me. And to be completely honest with you, I don't feel like I really understand like how important that was for me and it still is for me until recently, okay. um, because it was just such a normal thing. Like I'd, I'd never been without the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I didn't know how mm -hmm. drastically different it would be without it. And so back then, honestly, I probably didn't recognize it as much as I should have. Um, but I, but it gave me an anchor to turn to and like a weekly reminder of where I can turn to. And then based on teacher's help and curriculum help, um, within the church, I was able to slowly, it was like little seeds were being dropped almost mm -hmm. to remind me of where I can turn to for that piece, because I, there were plenty of places that I turned to, to try to find it that never worked. Um, right. you know, just even different simple things like retail therapy or, you know, watching a good show on TV. Yeah. It's nice temporarily, but that's not going to give you lasting peace. And so it helped me when I was growing up, but I feel like even more now I'm realizing how much it did help me. And like that foundation of the fact that I'm a daughter of God and that's enough. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Well, let's, you know, jump ahead here a little bit. Obviously, you know, you got, like we just, you just mentioned, you have two beautiful twins. Is it Harris and Goldie? Is that I'm saying that yeah. right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And again, you know, I think a lot of people have followed your journey for years now, but let's, I'd, I'd love to hear just, you know, kind of some raw perspective from you struggle, struggling with infertility. Just talk us through that a little bit and share your story around that. Okay. So I was never the one growing up that really was super excited to be a mom. I knew that it would happen one day, but mm -hmm. a lot of people say like, that's the only thing I ever, ever wanted. And that was never me. Right. <laughs> I was really excited to go to college. I was excited to have a career. And so my husband and I were married for about probably seven years. I think it was. And then we, I just, all of a sudden one day I was sitting in church and I saw this little girl with brown eyes and it just hit me oh my gosh, I think I have, might have a little girl with brown eyes, which I do now, which is so crazy thinking right. back on it. But yeah, honestly, it was a relief to me to get that like motherhood instinct because it wasn't there really. I was like, oh yeah. good, I want to <laughs> have kids. And so we didn't think that we would struggle with infertility because none of our parents had had any issues conceiving. So we just started, I just got off birth control and we started trying and nothing happened within a year. And I had started my blog in 2014. And so everything was kind of going on in the background of us trying to conceive, but I just thought in my head that we would have this trial and I would share it after it was over and right. just share the success story after. So 
um, we had, I tried to get a job after college at this place that I really, I thought that I was qualified for, was really excited about, and I didn't get it. And looking back, I now know why, because I ended up getting a job at a software company and this, uh, company I started working at before we were even trying to conceive and, mm-hmm. um, they ended up covering all of our fertility treatments, which looking back on it, saved us probably $200,000. And we would wow. have had to probably go into debt. It had yeah. we not had that infertility coverage. Wow. So we started to, so we did an IUI, which is artificial insemination. Did that once didn't work twice. Didn't work three times. Didn't work. <laughs> and so luckily at this point we had really good insurance. So we did a round of IVF. We got three embryos transfer one didn't work transfer two sort of worked, but we had, I had a miscarriage on an airplane in China. Oh, when wow. we were on um, a vacation. And at that point, after five different procedures and um, all that, my body just felt really sick. My mind felt tired. I was just kind of exhausted. So we decided we wanted to take a break that summer. And when we got back from our trip to China, I was up in the night at like 3 a.m. with jet lag. And I just decided to write out our whole story. And I've always loved to write. Yeah. It's always been very therapeutic for me. Yeah. I got like a 17 on the ACT in math, but like a perfect score in English. <laughs> so it balanced <laughs> itself out. But I just yeah. love English. I love writing. It's just always sure. been like a gift for me. <laughs> so it felt so good to write it all out. And um, I just kind of had this impression that I maybe should share it. And at this point, I didn't know how um, common it was to experience infertility. So about two and a half weeks later, I, you know, I was asking people to read it before I published it and asking people's opinions. And then I finally published it and I was truly blown away by how common it was and how many people yeah. could relate to it and how they were like, like saying me too. And, and honestly, that's how my blog took off. And I, I, to this day, I have no idea how people found it, but I had emails from people around the world just right. thanking me for sharing the story. And so we took a break that summer from trying because we were just exhausted and needed a break. So my husband and I both bought dirt bikes, which is. <laughs> just it makes me laugh still to this day that we just bought dirt bikes. It's like why you know you can't have a baby, so you buy a dirt bike. Great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey. So we just took a break. We rode all summer and had a lot of fun. And then I I was on a business trip that summer in Canada and I was walking along a street and there was a book that said A Hundred Gathered Thoughts for My Beautiful Child. And it was a nice little message to from this author to their children. And it made me think Mm. that I should document our third round of IVF through letters to our future child. And so that's what I did on the blog. I said to my beautiful child, we went in for our appointment today, you know, and just documented everything. And people really could relate to that, especially those that were experiencing infertility at the time. And so we documented the entire thing and it's still up on the blog. There's an infertility section on the blog. Um, And then we were able to conceive our little boy and little girl who are now four and a half. And it's been the biggest blessing to me because I mean, I would do it over and over again because I truly feel like I found my calling in life and helping women with infertility. And I obviously needed that experience to be able to do so and understand and have empathy for that. And, and I think I honestly started my blog because I could help women with infertility. I didn't know it at the time, but I think God laid that path for me. And it's been a really a big blessing for me to be able to connect with these women. Wow. That's amazing. When you, when you're getting ready to actually put it up online, right on your blog, were you nervous at all? Did you hesitate or were you just like, Nope, I'm going for it. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. I was really nervous. Cause like I said, it, this was back in 2015 and at least from what I saw, I didn't know a whole lot of people talking about infertility at the time. 
And I was super nervous because putting something out there that's so close to your heart and something that for me and us was, it's the most important thing in life is family and human relationships. And to put something out there that somebody could judge or maybe misconstrue or offend. I think I was kind of a people pleaser at the time. And so to say something maybe in my story that would have offended somebody really, it was very stressful for me. I remember when I hit polish, my heart was just pounding. It was very nerve wracking. Well, what's beautiful about what you've done is that, you know, that's a very vulnerable thing for you to do. And then, but what's amazing is when we're vulnerable, people will connect. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that we're, we're more, we're never more fully alive than when we're connecting with other people. And, and that's really what you've been doing here. And like you said, you wanted to create this safe space for women who have been going through the same thing you have. And, and obviously, you, you know, you've done an amazing job, but it's because you've been so vulnerable. I think, you know, as I've read through your stuff, I mean, you're, you don't hold back. You, sh- you share it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I think that it's so nerve wracking to do it, but then you're, but then I think about other people who have shared their experience. And so I, I just can't do that very well if you're not sharing your full story. Right. No, I I'm with you on that for sure. So, um, the other, so let me ask you this then what advice, I mean, I know you can get the advice on your blog and things that you've done, but someone who's going through this right now, like think back when you were going through it, if there's someone, you know, right now who's listening to this or is going through exactly what you've been through, I mean, what kind of advice could you give them? And, and what were some of the things that you did not only obviously by yourself, but obviously with Tyler, that helped you through this? That's a really good question. I would say, remember that you're not a victim. I think that that was my Mm. number one thing that helped me through it. I just don't think that it's helpful ever to feel, to put yourself in that victim mindset. And for me, the thoughts that really helped me I would say one thought helped me more than anything. And that was the fact that I was just fully aware that I am a human and humans have trials and hardships to help them grow. And if, if it wasn't this trial, it'd be something else. And no one escapes humanity and life without experiencing hard things. So whether someone's life looks perfect from the outside, 100% guaranteed it's not. Mm -hmm. And I just think it helped me to really remember that I, this is not happening to me. This is my life. And this is a trial I've been given for a reason. Wow. And I love what you said earlier too. You said you kind of found your purpose in life, right? It's like, and, and how amazing is that? Because I think a lot of people go through life going, I'm not even sure what my purpose is. And so through this trial, if you want to call it that, it sounds like you found your purpose where you're connecting women all over the world. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And it's so neat too. It's, it's made me trust God even more because there's mm. so many things looking back on that he laid the path for me that I had no idea why he planted a seed in my mind. I really just wanted to start a blog. And I thought at the time it was because I, it would be hard for me to go from working full time to being a stay at home mom. So I wanted to have some type right. of a hobby. So yes, it does fulfill that, but it also fulfills so much more. And so because I laid the foundation of that blog, and he planted a seed in my mind to do that, then I was able to share it to many more people than I would have just within my own like small circle of influence locally. And it's just so fun. It really right. is. It's, it's so fun to be able to connect with these women and 
be able to help them understand their brains and their minds around infertility and just be just be like a, the person on the other end that's just holding their hand and saying, Hey, I've, you've got this. I'm on the other end. If I can do it, so can you. Yeah. I love that. You know, what's one of the most common questions you do receive from women who are going through this? What do they ask you typically? They ask me how I was able to remain so happy during infertility. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't quite understand it at the time. Um, you know, and it's helped me being asked that so many times has helped me to ponder it a lot and ask why. And I think it's because of the, of the thoughts that I chose intentionally. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm actually going through a coaching program right now. I, I, um, stumbled upon it after, but mm-hmm. this woman, Jody Moore, she has a podcast, which I love. Right. And I listened to all of it. And I thought like, this is like, this is what I thought in my mind when I was going through infertility, I just didn't know this model of how right. to explain it to people. And so I'm doing a coaching program right now to help, um, develop a, an infertility coaching program to help women understand wow. their minds. Cause I think it's so hard when you're in it, in your brain, sometimes to understand yeah. what's going on. And I think to, if you can understand it, then you can change it and intentionally choose thoughts that serve you and, and help you have the result that you want in your life. And so based on that question that I've gotten so many times, I've really yeah. wanted to be able to help people with that specifically. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I have it even written down right here, you know, how do you stay so positive? Because again, you've been through a lot, but I think what I heard you say, and which really hit me hard is you said you remembered you're not a victim, Mm -hmm. you know, even though it's a hard thing you're going through, but I, I don't know. I just, I'm really impressed, honestly, Jenica, how you stay so positive. And like you said, you let your light shine towards other people. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. (laughs) Thank you. That is really kind of you to say. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's just the truth, you know, well, let's talk a little bit about, you got your blog, um, um, a slice of style. And then Mm -hmm. you also have, is it, is it your, it's a company, do you call it a company of the slice of sun? Yeah. It's it's actually kind of confusing. The slice (laughs) of sun? It's the slice of sun. I kind of wish I would have created a name with the word fertility in it, but you know, yeah. You know, you do the best you can as you go, but Absolutely. yeah, so that's, that's totally separate. So a slice of style is the lifestyle blog that I started in 2014. Okay. And then last year, I, well, about two and a half years ago, I had the seed in my head that I mm-hmm. wanted to start something to help women with infertility specifically. Right. And so, um, it started out as just wanting to ser- sell products to help women um, because I wore a necklace during infertility that kind of helped. It's kind of like my little silent source of strength that I just remind sure. me to be bold and strong. And so I wanted to sell socks and, and pajamas to sell that they could wear when they're experiencing that and just yeah. kind of feel the community and feel that there are so many other people that are experiencing it as well. And then a portion of those, so, so we do sell socks and pajamas Okay. and a portion of those sales go to women experiencing infertility. And then, um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm doing a coaching program that will launch later this year. And that nice. is what I'm the most excited about because honestly, it has absolutely changed my life. I think that anybody could benefit from it. And I just feel like it's given me the, the tools that I've learned have empowered me more than anything and truly helped me remember how in control I am of how I feel and my thoughts and the results I get in my life. And I'm just so excited to be able to share those tools with other people. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was, you know, I was checking out your site and on there, you have this circle with three waves going through it. Will you explain what that is? 
I love that you asked that. So I, when thinking about what I wanted my company to feel like, I wanted, I, sunshine has always been the thing for me that's like the epitome of joy. I just love the sun. Yeah. I love what it means. It's just joyful. It, it immediately energizes me. And so the circle is a sun and then there's a thread going through it that looks like a wave. And um, I wanted my company to be a place where you come and then you take from it the joy and the sunshine that you need and then you scatter it elsewhere. So it just, right. it like goes on and on and on kind of like um, some sunshine bouncing on a wave where it just, where the light just scatters in every different direction. Oh, I love it. It's beautifully uh, said here on here, but I wanted to hear it directly from you and I love it. And I love the, <laughs> I love the concept. And if I understand correctly, uh, when people purchase, whether it's pajamas or socks, you give a portion of money to, to, uh, is it, I think it was currently a friend who's struggling or is it a company? Yes. Yes. Right now I'm actually like in the process of getting that all organized for 2021, but okay. <laughs> initially it's my friend. She has, she went through so much to get her. So she has a son and now she has a baby, um, that is being carried by a surrogate who is her okay. sister-in-law Okay. and she did IVF and she ended up getting septic shock. And so she lost her uterus so she can no longer carry babies okay and so anyway the first one was to her but this year i'm going to choose a new nonprofit that is um, associated with infertility every quarter and then the sales will go to um or a portion of the sales will go to one of those nonprofits that help women with infertility oh i love it that's that's awesome well again i love that you're you know again trying to help other people and give back that way and it's it's beautifully beautifully done by the way Thank you. Yeah. yeah. My designer, Melanie Burke did an amazing job, like bringing my vision in my head to life on the screen. <laughs> yeah. It looks amazing. You know, Thank I want to, why don't we, I think it'd be good for people who are listening. If you can kind of maybe give some information about infertility, like, I mean, I think you mentioned it's one in eight couples actually struggle with this. So mm -hmm. whether you are, you'll probably know someone who is give mm -hmm. us some details about it and just some things and maybe some resources that people can, can look into. Yeah. So one in eight couples struggle with it. One in four women experience a miscarriage. And I think that there's a lot of shame around it for whatever reason. I think that mm -hmm. we have expectations on our bodies and expectations on, on what we're, our bodies are supposed to do. So mm -hmm. from what I understand from my community is there's a lot of shame in it and people are scared to talk about it. And I think that maybe those people that are scared don't realize how common it is. Yeah. And they're luckily there's so many women that are open about it. So on my website, there's a stories section on the blog. So if you go to the slice of sun.com and click on stories at the top, we release a new fertility story every Monday. And these mm. are from women who are experiencing it currently or have gone through it and you can search by topics. So whether that's IVF, male factor, infertility, adoption, um, I think it helps a lot to connect with other people as we had mentioned earlier. And I'm also developing a resources section on the page as well that um, you can go to because there's lots of infertility, like uh, infertility treatments are super expensive most yeah, of the time. Right. So IVF can be upwards of $20,000 if you don't have insurance and a lot of insurance companies don't cover it. So there's a lot of great places that have grants. And so on the website, I try to include as many resources as possible that I know about. And if anybody has any that they know about that are not on there, I would love for them to email me at hello at the slice of sun.com. 
Okay. And uh, we also have a private Facebook group as well, because like I said earlier, some people are pretty private about it. They haven't yeah. told a lot of their friends and family. So that's a safe place. It's totally private. They can come to that. It's called Fertility Family by the Slice of Stein, and they can just come and connect with people. And there's conversations going all the time with people asking and talking to each other. And so I just think that the main thing I, I would want people to know is how common it is and there's nothing shameful about it. And I think I genuinely believe that every experience that we have is for our benefit and we can find something that then we can t- then take into the next experiences moving forward that can either benefit ourselves or those around us. Yeah. Again, well said, and goes back to what we were saying. Life happens for us. Like you said, you wouldn't change any of this. Right. Right. Obviously, because look what you're doing and it's put you in a position to be a light to so many people. You know, I, I know that you're really big on uh, your diet and the way you eat. Um, You, you really are passionate about that as well. Why is that so important to you and, and how has that changed your life? So after my twins were born, about three months later, I got my hormones checked from a doctor and she Mm -hmm. told me at the time you have a raging case of mono. And she mm. said, it looks like a recurring case. And it was interesting to me because I'd never had mono in high right. school or anything like that. But I was like, I kind of thought I didn't know a whole lot about it at the time. So I just kind of thought to myself, like, oh, well, my twins are newborns anyway. I'm going to be tired either way. <laughs> so yeah. I just honestly like ignored it. I didn't do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so then last year it was springtime and I was so tired all the time that, and I would get eight hours of sleep at night. Like my twins were sleeping well at the time. And I would wake up at about, you know, seven o'clock and then by 1 PM, I would just be so exhausted. I was like painful. I would try, I would like make up scenarios in my head to try to like escape my life. Like, right. and not like, not like end my life, but like, I would try to make up excuses. Like I want to go to sleep in a hotel tonight. How can I do that? Just so I can sleep all day. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I was like and then I look back, I'm like, that's not normal. Right. <laughs> you know? So I talked to my husband about it and it kind of offended me a little bit at first. Cause he was like, well, He's like, there's something wrong with you. And I'm like, like in terms of like health, like he's like, there's something wrong with you. And I was like, no, there's not. And I'm like, you have no idea what it's like to be at home with twins all day. I'm like, you'd be this right. tired too, you know? Right. And then all of a sudden I was like, maybe he's right. This isn't normal. <laughs> so I started talking to women who were in my position. They're like, yeah, that's not normal. Like that's not normal to be that tired. Yeah. And so I brought it up to my mother-in-law and she had mentioned Epstein-Barr virus, which she had had when she was about my age. And it's a virus that 95% of like humans have in their system. But to, most of the time your body can fight it off and your immune system can suppress it to where it doesn't affect you and something either super physically traumatic or emotionally traumatic can bring it out. And that's what happened to me. So I started researching and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what I have. And so luckily I went to a doctor and this is another way that God, I totally had my back where I went to this um, physician's assistant. And he said, if, if normal doctors looked at your blood work, they would see, say that you had mono, but that it's, it's passed and the antibodies are there because you'd had it and you're good. But he's like, I've done a lot of independent research and you have Epstein-Barr virus. And so I had to completely change my diet. It was basically all fruits and vegetables for several months. And, um, and then I started to feel like slightly better. And then, um, I just kind of really became aware last year of what can affect our hormones and what can affect our bodies. And there are so many products like deodorant that has aluminum in it that can really right. negatively affect your hormones. And mm. there's this, there's these things called phthalates, which are in a lot of fragrances and products. And they, they basically mimic your hormones. And so they uh, mimic them so that your hormones don't need to do their jobs. And it just like makes you <laughs> very like mood swings. Um, it just yeah. affects every part of you. And it, it just really dawned on me that we cannot fully serve our purposes in life. If we don't feel 
good because all yeah. of my time was spent to feeling not like crap. I was right. just trying to like make it through the day. Yeah, and I'm right. like, I can't, I have these dreams of helping all these women with infertility. And if I feel like garbage, 95% of the time, it's just not going to happen. Right. And then like, it, this was just all progression. And then I just realized I'm like, Satan is so infiltrated into our food and into the products that we have. Because if you think about it, the only things that we have to do our work here in this life are our bodies and our minds. And he wants yeah. to make us so sick that we can't even wow. get to that point. He just wants us in survival mode, like just making it, you know, hour to hour. And so I actually just recently hired, hired a health coach. Her name's Amanda Sanchez. And she, she kind of went through all this. She's been off flour and sugar for a year and a half. And she is an absolutely remarkable person. And I've grown so much closer to God than I ever have before because it's, I just feel like there's so much truth in yeah. what I'm seeing. And I, I feel like there was a time, for example, like every time once a month, I would get the worst cramps during my period. And I would be so sick. I would just be right. like in bed. And honestly, it made me mad at God for a little bit. Cause I'm like, why would you make women's bodies like this? I'm like, yeah, what right. is the point? You know, it made me so angry. <laughs> and then suddenly it dawned on me one day. I'm like, what if he didn't? I was like, what if I'm doing something to myself? that is making myself like this. And so I was praying about it and I'd already cleaned up my diet a lot, but, there, but I hadn't changed a lot of my products, like my beauty products. And it kept on, I kept on having this impression. You need to change your hair care products. You need to change your hair products. Wow. And I did. And the next cycle I was fine. I did not really? have to take, um, yeah, I didn't have to take pain medication. I, I was like wow. not sick. I didn't have crazy mood swings. I felt good. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm sorry, God, that I blamed it on you. It wasn't your fault at all. Wow. You know? So I like, literally I called Amanda. She's, she's just my friend. We actually met on Instagram six years ago, but I called her, um, early January. And I said, maybe it was late December, but I said, I feel like the only thing holding me back from helping women with infertility is my health. And if I can, yeah. And I, and I also felt like I was relying a lot on food for happiness. Like I would yeah. put my kids to bed and I would eat candy and it would temporarily make me feel better. <laughs> and then there's this net negative because you just feel like garbage if you did a ton of sugar. Right. And so I just told her that I was like, I feel like the only thing that's holding me back from God's purpose for me is this, my health and like my food and my eating. And so she's been helping me a lot with it the last like wow. three or four weeks. I just check in with her and tell her what I'm going to eat and have a set plan and make decisions from a rational standpoint versus like off the cuff. Oh, someone gave me a cookie. I'm going to eat it, you know? Yeah. And it has okay. just made all the difference for me. I just feel like I can, I have so much energy now and I feel like my mind is clear and it's not foggy. So then I can then grow my business and help these women that need my help. Wow. I love it. You know, I love what you said, how, you know, the things we are, that we have to take care of is our mind and our bodies, right? That's what we're in yeah. charge of. And yeah. it reminds me of a guy, uh, James Allen, uh, um, out of his book as a man thinketh. I was looking this up as you said this. It says the body is the servant of the mind. It obeys the operations of the mind, whether it be deliberately chosen or automatically expressed. And so, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more when you're, when you're not feeling good physically or health wise, your thoughts aren't where they need to be. Right. It's, it's hard to be very positive and, and yeah. not only that, but making a difference. So again, I love yeah. what I love about you is how you, you're like, okay, here's a problem. I'm going to figure this out. I think you do a very good job of not playing the victim. Thank you. Yeah. I just don't think it serves, serves me. I'm like, yeah, I could, but who's <laughs> suffering me. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, what, what is, so what does a day look like for you? Like, how do you keep yourself again? I know you make decisions and stuff to be positive and not play a victim. And, 
But what does a day look like for you? Like what keeps you centered? I know you're busy with your twins and your husband and you know, all your work you're doing, but what do you do personally outside of even the diet you just talked about, but what do you do to kind of keep yourself centered? Every day I wake up. And the first thing that I do before looking at anything else is my scriptures and connect in some way with God, because I just think that if I'm not doing that every single day, it's so easy to forget who I am. And it's very easy for me to just start making excuses, even different things. Like I noticed myself constantly playing the victim with my time. And I kept saying to myself, I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough time to do this. And then I started really like delving into my scriptures and the come follow me curriculum, which is so amazing. And in the Mm -hmm. church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, (laughs) that, it's just helped me so much to be able to take stewardship over everything in my life. And that includes my time. And then, and I feel like as I stay close to God, he'll, he'll answer my prayers and he's the best business partner I've ever had because he knows everything and he created everything. And so I just ask him, like, I just feel like if I'm not reading my scriptures or connecting with God every single day, I forget that he is there always. And I, and I am such an independent person that I just try to rely on myself, which just doesn't work because I don't have all the answers. And so I try to do that every day and just remind myself that I don't have to know all the answers and he does, and he's there with me and is, he knows the path like right now before I've ever even remotely thought about it. You know, like right. looking back on my blog, he knew that this would lead to this. I had no idea at the time. And so I just think connecting with him every day is the single most important thing that I do because it helps to center me. It helps me to balance my priorities um, with my family. It helps me to be present with them because I just think that there's a time and a place for everything. And I feel like if I'm not connecting with him, I get so frantic in trying to achieve and trying to grow. And he helps me find like the stillness and the calm to understand the actions that are actually vital for me to take, to move forward in serving his purposes. Wow. Very well said. You know, I've heard many times from people in all types of religions, whether it's LDS or Catholic or whatever it might be. And they've said this a lot where when I'm studying scripture and I'm staying close to God, I find I have a lot more time. And I don't know how to explain that either, but I, I hear this a lot. And that's basically what you're saying. And what I loved you said, you know, God's, you know, the best business partner you could ever have. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, you think about it. He created literally everything. He created the ideas in our heads. He created yeah. everything. So it's like, of course he can have the answers for us. I love, it's like amazing to remind myself of that. Dang. That's, that's powerful, Jenica. Thank you. Um, I want to, I want to ask you this. Um, if there's someone listening to your story right now, you know, that that's struggling, whether, whether it's infertility or something else, whether they just feel hopeless or they're depressed or sad, what advice could you give them right now that, uh, that might be helpful for them? I would say my advice to them would be to know that there's nothing wrong with them, that they're feeling negative emotions. I think that oftentimes we try to suppress ourselves when we're feeling negativity Mm -hmm. and 
what I what I call buffer, where you can turn when you turn to other things. I started doing that a lot when my kids were born with food. I, you know, I would <laughs> right. have them go to bed, yeah. and I'd be like, "This candy will for sure make me feel better," <laughs> and right. it never does. But I think once I realized that you're allowed to process it, and you're allowed to be a human, and and there's opposition in literally all things, including our feelings, and there's happy and sad for a reason, and there's mm. depressed and joyful for a reason, and to just like embrace it and don't push it away so quickly, but process it and feel it. And don't think there's anything wrong with you. I think that that's the worst thing that you can ask yourself is what's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. We're all learning. We're all growing. And I think everyone um, has, like I said, many times before we all have these experiences for a reason and that of course you can do things for yourself and advocate for yourself and learn tools to help you with certain things like depression and anxiety and anything hard that you're going through, but also to just like love yourself in it and realize that you are doing the best that you can. Wow. So good. So, so good. It's interesting too. You're speaking my language because in my office here on this other side of the wall, when my clients sit down, the first thing they see is there's this quote above me that says, the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you. Oh, and, awesome. Yeah. And so I love what you just said there. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I love what you said too, about there's opposition in all things. I mean, you're going to feel some negative emotions. That's just being a human being. You're going to feel those things. And, and, uh, but we can, but I think we're also, uh, you know, taking that advice that you said will really make a big difference in pulling us out of that. So beautifully said, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, um, if people want to reach out to you, Jenica, uh, who are listening to this, and they want to learn more about you, learn more about, uh, you know, your passions about, you know, helping women with infertility and your websites and your blog, and obviously this coaching program that's coming up, which sounds amazing. What's the best way for them to, to reach out to you and find out about all these things? I would say the website. So the slice of sun.com is a great place. Okay. Um, Jenica, I have, I have two Instagram accounts. One was the original. I still post on all the time. The lifestyle blog is just my name, Jenica Parcel. And then the fertility specific Instagram is the slice of sun. Oh, okay. Slice of sun. Awesome. So that, that would be the best way. Well, yes. you know, I, I want to thank you, uh, Jenica, for taking some time out of your busy day today and sharing your story with us. It was amazing. And, you know, I, I was taking some notes even for myself, like, boy, I need to do better here, better there. <laughs> so, we can all learn from each other every day. Oh, you're not kidding. And so thank you for, uh, you know, being vulnerable with us today and, and sharing uh, your story. And uh, I just want to thank you for, for being an example to me as well, and being willing to, to reach, you know, reach out to the people that are listening to this and make a difference in their lives. Thank you so much. I love your work and I really appreciate you having me on. You betcha. Thank you. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, I told you another amazing guest, Jenica Parcell. Please reach out to her, uh, theSliceofSun.com, and uh, check her out on Instagram as well. And we look forward to seeing what her coaching program is going to look like as well. And we'll help promote that from our end as, as, as it gets, as it becomes available. So thank you so much, everyone. I love you guys. And Jenica, you have an amazing day and thanks for your time today. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye.